0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to
1: our space. Rage and Review, back at you. The most loyal podcast in the nation. I'm glad you guys could join us tonight. I know there's not a ton to talk about, but we're going to do our best. We've got some baseball. we got some turncoat news. A little spring football. Spring football game that occurred on this side of the basin. Maybe you heard of it. Just glad everybody's here. Nick, Jerry, Matt. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right, everybody, listen, it's gonna be fun tonight. Let's let's keep it uh let's keep it between the, the lines. Let's have fun. Uh we are gonna talk some Cajun sports, but I know that Matt um Matt has a prepared statement. I understand. Maybe we should start there. Matt, what you want you want to get started with that or
2: I'll do whatever you want me to do, boss, man.
1: Let's do this. Let's address the elephant in the room off top and uh, and then we'll get into it. So Matt, the floor is yours, my friend.
2: So you want me to read the statement now?
1: So the rumors are true. There actually is a statement. Yes, please read that.
2: There is there is a statement, yeah.
3: Okay. To the Raging Review community. I would like to offer my sincere apologies for doing my job this weekend and being an attendant at the LSU Spring Game in Baton Rouge. Now, I understand that the optics of this were unforgivable, but I was simply doing what I was told by, the, by my place of employment. However, I understand this has offended the listeners of our podcast. I do hope to earn your trust once again as I try to recover from the mental state that this has put me in. The emotional distress that this event has given me is rather extreme. I also understand that my attendance at Tiger Stadium and my enjoyment of the press box cuisine in no way reflects or is shared by Raging Review Incorporated. <laughs> I must pay my bills and keep a nice quality of life. Please do not cancel me. Please understand that I'm still a Cajun at heart. How long forever, Matt <laughs>
1: That's Spectacular. That's spectacular. Uh, if anybody has anything to say to that, please request to speak and I will immediately allow you to do so.
4: Was he begging? I think it was begging. Matt, how dare you earn a living? How dare you? How dare
1: you? <laughs>
5: Seriously. God, God forbid I do the right thing and listen
3: to what my employer tells me to do. Uh, I've been called a, a lot of things, you know, in my life. But, this weekend getting called a sellout was uh, was something new.
4: Did you cross out your name on? Uh, did you cross out uh, University of Louisiana on your degree and write and in last? Like mean, a certain you alumni. The,
2: you mean the degree that I don't have yet?
4: That one, yeah. Just just future. You know, when they let you get a degree, they let you put what you want on it. You know, okay. just just cross it out like a certain alumni we we know.
3: Yeah, on, on, on May 14th, I will I will write university of, of last place on uh, on my degree. I don't know, Matt. I would be concerned that the uh, university will still allow you to graduate. You might want to issue an apology to them as well. It seems right. pretty intense. Well, I, I know. I've, I've done some, some
4: horribly
5: tragic things, apparently.
4: Well, uh, I had that experience when I went to graduate. They couldn't find my card on the stage. So, like, oh, crap. My whole family was in in the stands, it was filed under the wrong alphabetical letter. So, oh, no. many heart attacks. So, you might experience that as well. Yeah. You know, Matt, one, one thing I have to say,
3: even though you did go to the spring game to the east of the basin, one thing you did is you broke a golden rule of, of Cajun Nation. You bragged about food in Baton Rouge. That, that is a big no-no. That it's is almost a, an like a mortal. Point.
1: It's an excellent point. It hasn't been talked about enough. That is almost a
3: enough. mortal sin. Baton Rouge food, like you were talking about the food in the but, press box. Like, I mean, dude, you, you can't. That, that that is a that is that is, is blasphemy. But let's be, but let's be perfectly honest. It's not like it was Cajun food. It was pulled pork sandwiches.
1: I think that makes it worse, Matt. <laughs> I think that furthers the point there, Matt.
5: <laughs> It'd been one thing if it was Cajun food, but I was literally bragging about the pulled pork sandwiches because they were delicious.
3: I will repeat the the story that I told you. Be very, very careful with the press box food in Baton Rouge because the entire athletic department was food poisoned a couple years ago at a baseball regional, and we would hate to see that happen to you, Matthew. Well, it, uh, you know, forty-eight hours later, um, I'm still standing. So, well,
1: let's get down to Brass tacks. I want to know. I want to know the story behind the Burrow GIF. To, to be totally
3: honest with you, I just did that to add fuel to the fire it. You, you must release another statement apologizing for doing that yeah i just i just did that to add fuel to the fire That's
1: by the way was. just to want to reiterate the floor is is yours uh listeners this is for you guys so please chime in we've got a couple of speakers uh let's oh, hello jared jared i know that you have had some um pretty intense thoughts about this situation please add
2: I'm seeing that we're now finding out that Matt Miguez
5: is really Cajun Vic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. Oof! <laughs> there it
3: is. I think I'd rather be called a sellout.
1: Matt, what was, as far as the cancellation of the last 48 hours, what was the worst comment you got?
5: Um. Well, besides just being called Cajun Vic.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's pretty bad.
3: Reese Burns asking for me to be boycotted kind of hurt.
1: My personal favorite was the hashtag mute That was creative.
3: Yeah, Andrew Andrew Richard, that was solid, that was solid. But no, man, I I, I thought me and Reese were just like an extra level of tight. Like, I gave him a raging review hat. Like, I just, I thought we were guys. And for for him to just, you know, ask for me to be boycotted like that really kind of hurt.
1: I mean, Reese can speak up for himself, but I'll say from from from, I guess I'll speak for him in a little bit of a way. Uh, If I'm on the team and I'm at the spring game for my team, I would hate to see one of my most hardcore fans across the basin over there at at the other place. So I guess I could understand that. I
3: went, I went, I went cover the UL spring game first. I was there
1: first. I guess the biggest question is: Do the fans accept your apology? I think that's where we really got to start.
3: I mean, I mean, I genuinely hope so. It, it came from a a deep place within my heart. So, I mean, I would really, I would really hope that they, you know, follow the, the, the Cajun way and and forgive me. Well, there's is, there's is one thing you can do. You can say that the, um, the, fa- the 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 fantasy pulled pork sandwiches that the Louisiana athletic department sees you in the press box is much better than the real. Pulled pork sandwiches in Baton Rouge. You, you can start by saying that, Matthew. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, absolutely. The, the pulled pork sandwiches that I have I have eaten at UL are, are loads better
5: than, than the ones in Baton Rouge, for sure. Are they any better than Marlon's chicken? Nuggets? Hey, I can eat a good chicken tender now. That's what she said. I, 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 I could throw I could throw back to Kaniac.
3: Don't tempt me with a good time.
1: Oh God. You know, it's hard to, (laughs) where do we go from here? You know? You know what? I,
3: I, I've got an idea. This is a proposal that I think would be, I think Cajun nation could get behind the next
2: proposal. Here we go.
3: The next time it's just, it's simple. It's simple, right? We believe in the first amendment and freedom of speech and freedom to express yourself. So here's, here's what we can do. How about the next time you have a work obligation to the east of the basin, you wear a red UL shirt and take a selfie inside of their facility. Ooh. So can can I make an amendment to the proposal? Sure. What you got? Due to due to employment rules, I cannot wear university-branded gear on a job.
1: Okay. okay. You what know the, what? What, hold, hold on a second. There's a workaround. That's understandable. There's a workaround. How about a and Review shirt?
3: How about I'll do one even better. I have a red The Game polo. How about the next time I go to Baton Rouge, I wear that?
1: I mean, debatable if that's better than a and Review shirt, but yeah, I guess that would suffice.
3: Well, it's red, so I think that's a start. I think that's fair. You know, we don't we don't want you... Look, at the end of the day, we don't want you getting in trouble with your employment. We understand, you know... you. Matt's got to put food on the table. You got a lot. You got a lot to uh, plan ahead in your life, right? You got graduation coming up. You're getting married soon, so we understand. You know, you got to feed the family, but you got to show love for Cage Nation too. I mean, dude, I, y'all. I don't know. I, I don't know if people know this, but it, it, in case they don't, I, I'm going to drop a bombshell here. Uh, I have a, a drawing of a, a tattoo that I plan to, to get done here in the next you know year or so.
1: Matt, before you say anything else, I want you to really think about the ramifications of what this tattoo may or may not look like. Think long and hard.
2: It's the UL Fleur de Lis. Okay. That's it.
1: All right. Well, that was not what I expected you to say. So, Good job.
3: What, what did you think I was going to say? I thought you were getting Joe Burr on the side of your, your body. Don't like they don't that. You know, tweet, but we're good. We're good. I like the player oh much better. God.
1: I think that you should get the picture that you posted on the game website with the uh, the tiger rare. You get that all over your back. I think that that's the route. I thought that's the route you were going to go.
3: Oh, my God. Again, that picture today was just to stir the pot.
1: I don't think it works if you tell people that it's supposed to stir the pot. But but I feel I feel where you're at.
3: I I I walked into work today, and one of our one of our creative guys, um, actually Nick, it was it was your nephew. Um, I, I walk in the office, and he goes, "Oh, Matt's here." And he hits play on his computer, and it's a chant that goes, sell out, sell out, sell out.
1: I love how this became a thing overnight.
2: Nicely done. Nicely done.
3: Um, so shout out to Clint. He, he orchestrated that. Um, but then he was also the one that gave me the LSU foam finger to to wear on the air. So double-edged swords there. But anyway.
1: They, they were setting you up.
3: Right. They really were. Um so yeah, apparently I'm a sellout. I I hate UL and I'm just a, a, a big fat LSU lover, apparently.
1: What I really, it's, it's what I would really I've like gotten from the weekend. if everybody that that quote tweeted or responded or or I mean we had some <laughs> some extraordinarily funny memes and gifs and all this other stuff, really good stuff today. Anybody who posted one of those, please request to speak. I have questions.
3: Especially Andrew Richard. I'd really like to hear from him.
1: Yes, so would I. Andrew busted my balls a couple times, so I know he's about it. He look, Andrew's one of my favorite. He's one of the most passionate and one of the most consistent. he he will he will kick your ass on the internet if you cross the Cajuns. It's awesome. I love it.
3: Yeah, I mean my my boss has even seen the Toy Story movie. and and he just thought that it was the funniest thing.
1: Drew, go ahead.
5: I mean, come on. I thought that Toy Story one was pretty damn good.
1: No, it was oh, It was, was tip-top, tip-top.
5: Yeah, I mean this was this was interesting, you know? I'm glad to hear that this is what it was. I figured when you posted the burrow thing you were probably just throwing some shade back, but, you know. A little light on the Cajun tweets this weekend.
1: A little heavy I, on I, the, uh...
3: I was, I was occupied. I'm sorry.
1: Get him. Oh. Get oh. him. I was
3: occupied.
5: I mean, well, all the, it's like all these reasons that you keep saying, like, you're just trying to eat and stuff. All this, you know, that's why you're doing it. <laughs> That's the same reasons people give for starting OnlyFans. I mean, oh, is that where this is headed next?
1: Miguez on OnlyFans? Oh, my God. We have entered another a I think, whole other I think room.
5: People, I think people would pay me to stay off of OnlyFans.
1: <laughs> Razor, Review taking oh, sponsors right now to yeah. keep Miguez I think, off I of think OnlyFans.
3: People, I think people would pay me to stay off of OnlyFans. <laughs> I literally almost died. I took I took a sip of, of something right to you were that, man, and I nearly had to call nine one one. Thanks for that, bro.
5: Go ahead, Reese.
3: That's funny. I just want to know, Maddie, uh, where the office is located for the game. I I, I don't know if I'm going to disclose that information, Bernie. But... You know what what city it's in? I'm not I'm not a a local from around here. I'm just wondering. Uh, <laughs> it's in Lafayette, thank you. It's in Lafayette, yeah, that's It, it is. Yeah, wow. I thought it would have thought of Big Bay. It's an interesting, interesting place for it to be with, with these tweets coming out. <laughs> and you know what, Matt? Uh, look, to, 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 to Reese's credit, I mean, this man's from across the ocean, and this man knows his Louisiana geography. I'm very impressed, my friend. <laughs> very <laughs> impressed. <laughs>
1: I mean, oh, re-spearheaded the movement. He he was on top of this thing from day one. He, he was the first one that sent the tweet out to me and said, uh, he Matt's was. going Hollywood. He, he, said, he, said, he said, I'm gone Hollywood. <laughs>
3: Just oh, never thought I'd say the mate.
1: Oh, God. You know, how when, the, when mighty have been. When it comes so to, the to football. New, no. Hold on, oh, JMV. Say that, say that again. You drowned out. Is Miguez the new Tim Buckley? <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, that's that's just that's ugly. It. That's mean. That's just mean.
4: Well, I also heard rumors there was someone else in the raging review that donned the purple
1: and gold. Can yeah, someone confirm that? Why don't you tell that story? Seth, don't do it. Don't do it right oh,
3: now. Oh, no, look, that was five years ago. That was five or six years ago. Um, it was a family day that I had to go to. And, uh, yeah, instead of wearing the other team's colors and getting, you know, yelled at and, Beer port on me. I figured, why not blend in with the crowd? So, uh yeah, I'll admit I did it, but that's and the one time. The just one
1: like thing. that, all of the years of work is crumbling right before my eyes.
4: <laughs> Look, I wore red in Tiger Stadium, Jerry. I did. Oh, I, I got did. beer thrown on me by a 12 year old. So. But
3: remember, remember, just remember, when UL played LSU, anytime we played LSU, I always wear red. Always. And I usually sit. I, I didn't get the luxury of sitting with the Cajun fans. I had to sit in the middle of that of the of the purple and gold in my red shirt. So that that I will I will stand by.
1: Hey Reese, they would have had I'll, to drag me out bloodied and dead before I put on purple and gold. Just to say, I don't care where I sat in that stadium, they had to kick my ass.
5: I don't even own a
3: purple item of clothing, period. Thank it just sickens me. So that's just my perspective. Look, I'm gonna be very frank here. For football season and for, for the, the sports calendar in general, I am the primary Cajuns guy for the game. Make that very clear. Cajuns is number one in my book. However, we are the LSU affiliate for Lafayette. So there are times that I will be seen at an LSU event. Now, I please ask that nobody. You know, comes from my head. The next time I cover an event in Baton Rouge, Josh, do we have that emotional damage sound fight you could play right now? That'd be this would be the perfect opportunity.
1: Give me just a moment, I'll find that. Uh, <laughs> but I would say, like Tommy Ray and his dad pop in from time to time. I just saw him in the in the space. Matt, I mean, you got to give some love to the baseball boys. How about the softball team? I know we had a tough, you know, App State game on Friday, but. These guys are looking for your attention, brother. 103.7, man. I mean, look, it's in it's in Lafayette, even though you boys are, you know, you're mostly LSU uh, dog people look, and all that stuff.
3: I, I talked I talked about the baseball series at length to my show today. Tomorrow I'm airing an interview that I did with Matt Degg. Look, I'm, I'm still a Cajun's guy.
1: Hey, did you ask him my questions? About which question? Game about 20. Every single question that I asked, did you ask every single effing question that I asked?
2: First of all, watch the language. Second of all, yes, it did.
1: That's great because I want to know the answer to all of them.
2: Yes, I did. I did ask every question that, that you that you provided. So there you will guys, be a pop quiz at nine.
1: Yeah, people people that have been listening to the pod for over a few years, you know, of our issues with the communications department. So what we did was is we sent Matt out to 1037, We infiltrated the communications department, and now I am actually interviewing Matt Deggs via Matt Miguez, and the content that we wanted has appeared. <laughs> <laughs> And magnet pork pork sandwiches. Brilliant. And everybody's happy.
5: <laughs> no, it, it was actually really
3: funny because I I, I texted I texted the Rage and Review guys and I said, Hey, you know, interviewing Matt Degs today. Do you guys have any burning questions that, that you know, I could maybe ask in the interview? And Josh sends me a paragraph. You know, what's the injury status on Blake Marshall? What's the this and that? What's about what about this you know blah 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 and so literally i'm reading through them and i was like hmm, i had some of those same same thoughts i guess there's my interview Ned, what's even more impressive is it came like 30 seconds after you set that text. oh it came very quickly yeah very quickly
1: that was a save draft i've been sitting on waiting for you to ask
3: i was i was rather surprised
1: I would kill for just five minutes. Just I would want to just ask all those questions, and I, the ones that probably shouldn't be asked, I I, I deleted them as we went down the list there, but there were others. And I and, I, and
3: I appreciate I appreciate that very much.
1: So, Josh is, Dave still your guy? Is who? Is Dig still your guy? Oh come on, man! Look, <laughs> so, look. If you have talent, you could put a tree in the dugout and still win. We have talent. I think we overmanaged, but right now we're playing good ball. The boys are playing well. We're hitting the baseball. Look at, look what the bottom six, seven, eight, nine 7, 8, did in, your, in the lineup this weekend. That hasn't happened all season. Look at how many walks we had this weekend. I think five total. Free base runners, I think seven total all season. I'm sorry, all weekend. Uh, you're going to win games like that. Now, starting pitching was very good this weekend. We played complete baseball this weekend. These, this is the this is the ceiling we thought we had. Uh, and then I thought that, you know, there was a couple of, and Nick will probably be able to comment on it more because I was a little bit distracted on Friday, but I know we missed a steal of home, or a, I think we tried to squeeze somebody home on Friday, and we, we blew that, and there was a couple of caught stealings, but um, there's still some room for improvement on the base paths. One of the questions that I asked Matt to ask Deggs was that, was there a tweak in the aggressiveness uh, as far as the way we executed office this weekend? Because it seemed like we had less uh, careless outs. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he said about that, but it seemed like for the first time, and I don't know how long, I thought we played a good series against UCI, but other than that, maybe two years we haven't played that complete of a series. So we'll we'll see, man. I, I thought um, on Sunday, what I want to see a good team? One, another question that I ask is, is this a is this indicative of a team that's learning how to win and's finally put it together? Where we've missed some opportunities to really turn the knife in teams as we've gone on this journey in twenty twenty two? Was this the weekend where we had some signs of that coming to fruition and actually taking hold, uh, or or was Georgia State just completely and totally overrated? But dude, if you look at the schedule before they played us, they beat Tech, they beat Kennesaw State, swept Coastal, swept South Al. I mean. They had some very impressive wins uh, for a long period of time. So I don't think that they're that they're overrated, but I was not impressed with their pitching, especially their bullpen.
4: Did you also think their stadium looked like something a middle school plays
1: in? I have played in stadiums. I've played kickball in a stadium better than that.
3: I would, I would have- I was going to say, I will honestly have nightmares about that stupid guitar riff that they kept playing over and over and over and over again. Well, just you the know, the whole it, atmosphere, everything was just terrible. Meow, 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 it, meow, it, meow, meow, meow. It's funny that you bring up, you know, Little League stadiums. Uh Degs told us a story in the press conference this morning about when they got there on Thursday he, uh, Jonathan Brandon, kind of looked at him as as they were getting practice started or whatever, and he was like, "Coach, you know, this kind of feels like a a twelve u a twelve u all star stadium. Like this feels like all star practice." And Deg said, "Good, go have fun. That's how I want it to feel."
1: Matt, shut that goddamn because dog! Yeah,
3: did you rename your dog Joe Burrow too, or? Just kidding, just
0: kidding, man.
1: Nick, you know you got to be careful, man.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm the
3: new guy. I'm the new. What am I doing? <laughs> She's very vocal. She's very vocal. Um, but no. So it, it, yeah, it's funny that you brought that up because even the players were like, "Man, this really feels like a, a 12U All Star practice." Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They are getting a new stadium next season. They are. Is that
4: correct? correct? Okay. They they're are. They're taking Super the they Field. Yep. Um, yep. The baseball field opposite of the football field is going to be where. Well, no, to be...
3: no, did, did, didn't you hear they 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 took Fulton County oh. Stadium and and brought it back out of the dust, and that's where that's where they're going to play. Well,
4: uh, I I'm just going to say I don't know if Carl Benson had the foresight or he just got lucky as hell because if you look at Georgia State's like athletic facilities, they're just garbage right now, and I mean they're investing yeah. to move up, but like. Five six years ago, I mean, they they bought a lot of North Bay high schools. I mean, well, that's you know terrible. you know
3: what their you know what their business model is, right? They they buy abandoned office buildings and renovate them. That that's all their all their uh, all their education buildings are abandoned office buildings that they bought for super cheap and they renovated them
5: into classrooms.
4: Yeah, like I said, that in basketball you got to take up a, an elevator to go to the rec room with ping pong tables well, along the side.
1: Well, look when you turn a, when you turn a Remington College in the middle of Atlanta into a, a D one program, a, you know a, a, a legitimate university. That's really all you have. I mean, there's really no other the, option. The running
2: the, the the running joke is that Georgia State's basketball arena, up until a year ago, or or starting this coming year, should I say, it it, it was literally the third floor of an office
3: building. Well, if I remember correctly, a few years ago, I think we played them at Georgia State in basketball, and they actually put our guys up in one of their dorms. And, like, they had people selling drugs on the street corner when they went out to, like, go grab something to eat. So it was, uh, yeah, it was quite awkward.
4: Oh, good news also for baseball. It seems like uh, complaining constantly has moved the administration to stream every single home game left in the schedule. So congrats to everyone for their
1: efforts. So on that note, you know, I was reading Raging Page and they were talking about how, you know, squeaky wheel gets the grease. I sent Doug Gillen a text message this afternoon and uh, I said, I see our fans are upset about not being able to watch the games. Do you guys have a plan in place? And he never responded. So I don't think he's uh, too happy about it. But hey, they they met the minimum. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just telling you, I've been up there and they have a nice park, but they treat baseball the way we treat men's club soccer. I mean, they just don't really care that much. That's just the honest truth.
0: You know, what's, what's
3: interesting is that going back to Georgia State, uh, we were talking about facilities. You know, I, I'm not sure if most of you know this, but their baseball fields, you have to drive, I believe, what, 20 minutes outside of campus to get there. It's not even close to campus. So, you know, because of the campus being right in the heart of downtown Atlanta, at least with Turner field, you're five minutes away, right? If you want to play football, you know, your, your, your basketball facility is pretty much right there, but baseball, you have to drive, I want to say 20 minutes on an interest, one of the interstates to get there. And I I was looking, I'm not sure if, you, you know, if you guys noticed it the other day, but, uh, they were showing some camera feed, uh, closer to one of the dugouts and you could see like a whole load of school buses in the background. And I was thinking, is that, I hope that's not what the Georgia State team takes to get to the stadium as a school bus, but but yeah, they definitely need to to do what they're doing with basketball and build something that's a little more presentable than what we saw this weekend. To me, I look, I I don't bash facilities often, but for a team or for a school like Georgia State, for an athletic department like Georgia State that does have some money, ah, yeah, if you can do if you can renovate your football and basketball facilities, there's no reason why you should be playing in uh, a baseball, a D1 school at that, uh, that it, that was a top 40, that had, had a top 40 RPI. No reason why they should be playing in a facility that Youngsville Sports Complex puts to shame.
1: Jerry, have well, some money. They've gonna... got a ton of students. They have a student fee. They're in the middle of Atlanta. Uh, uh, they got plenty they... of money.
3: Yeah, and Fawbacher they're... Field looks like a palace compared to that. Well, they're... In their defense, they have a new baseball stadium almost completed that will be ready for next season.
4: i on Marshall. Is Marshall going to the UN, or are they still going to play off campus?
3: They're uh, planning. They've got renditions of one. I was about to say, I think they've got some drawings, but right now their plan is that they're still going to play off campus. Was the last that I heard, at least. I believe ODU Old Dominion is also looking to uh, renovate their stadium as well.
1: They started they're renovating uh, this um, off season.
3: Yeah, like they started along the first base side. Uh, they put like this deck for fans to sit in. But I want to say their their stands they're going to be demolished pretty soon, and they're going to be re- redoing their stadium as well, which is overdue because they're another program with a with a really good uh, a base a decent baseball following over there.
2: Were they the ones that weren't allowed or they didn't let them host their own regional last year? I'm not thinking of. That's me. correct. That's correct. That's them. Uh, that's that's that unfortunate.
1: Go ahead, Austin. Take it.
2: Oh, uh, I was going to say, I was getting on to say what you just said a minute ago that I thought Georgia state was one of the ones at the top of the list where like 98 or 99% of their athletic uh, budget comes from student fees, which is crazy because that's right. I think we have like three or 4% for yep. yep. ours. Yep.
3: That is correct. I think Louisiana is one of the only states in the entire country that doesn't really allow for much student fees, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's one of the only states
1: that makes you, uh, the student body vote on whether or not they're going to, you know, institute an athletic fee.
3: Well, Louisiana Tech learned that the hard way a few weeks ago.
1: Well, that's a whole other podcast right there.
4: Well, James Madison and the Virginia schools actually are like 65 and 70% um, student funded. So... They're up there as well. James Madison takes like 75%. And there's a, a law they have to get down to 70 to be FBS. So they have some work to do.
2: Doesn't Georgia State also have like 50 or 60,000 enrollment?
1: I think Correct. the last time I checked, it was 46,000 students. That that helps. Helps. What's
3: in, well, what's incredible about Georgia State, though, is that I don't think that their endowments, even on the on the academic side, I don't even think they have a $200 million um, endowment, and that's surprising with the number of students that they have. Agreed. I think I, I think you're looking at one of those type of universities. I think I want to say UCF has like sixty to seventy thousand, as well as USF down in Florida. I want to say that a lot of their student body takes online classes. Um, it's one of those types of schools that's more or less uh, you can take a class from anywhere around the country, and they they promote that, but it helps with the fees, right? Um, I always kind of, you know, we always have an inside joke when it comes to Georgia Southern, like or Georgia Southern, I'm sorry, Georgia state where they, it's sort of like what UNO could be as far as athletics go. But then you look at the enrollment and you realize, well, they've got sixty thousand students. And I think UNO has like maybe 12 to 15 now um, to where it doesn't matter if you're in a city or not. You definitely need a student body to fund your programs. Uh, And so, I know the big talk recently is UNO, I think they're going to be doing studies on bringing football to, uh, to the university, but a lot of that's going to consist of money. And the question is where are you going to find that money?
1: Yeah, but Jerry, and you're talking about Atlanta with a 12 million population, if you can include the metro, like Buckhead and all that stuff. You include the metro, you're talking about 12 million people. You include the metro of New Orleans, you're talking about 1.2 million people. I mean, it's 10 times. Well, but,
3: but but it goes back to what I said about student body our student population. I mean, you've got 60,000 students to fund you. Um, whereas UNO has like 12.
1: Yeah, that's what Uh, I'm saying.
3: Right. Right. But I'm, I'm just saying in general though, like you are right about that as far as population correlation, but at the same time, uh, it still kind of has that commuter school model. I mean, if you look at Georgia state, look at any of their games, look at their attendance, you know, it's not, um, even in football, I mean, their football team has actually been really decent over the past three or four seasons. And you can barely count a thousand people in the
4: stands. Um, even yeah, with I a mean, million population. I mean, Georgia Tech struggles to bring fans. And I mean, they're right. ACC. I mean, it's, it's Atlanta's not a college football town, but it's crazy to think, you know, Atlanta has, you know, three colleges, Kinshaw State, Georgia State, and Georgia Tech in that area, while New Orleans has, what, six? Hammond, LSU, I mean, Southeastern, LSU, UNO with a population of, what, 2 million? It's just insane how stupid the state is when it comes to university distribution. It's ridiculous.
1: That's also another, like, two-hour conversation. Uh, let's, <laughs> so I don't want to go into rabbit hole. I'm just saying. No, you're right, though. You are right about that. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the series, actually. Um, we'll start Sunday and just go backwards. I thought Sunday we just completely dominated. I thought that the offense came to play. Uh, again, I mentioned the bottom of the lineup. Julian's on a, a heater, Hoodie's on a heater. Rinconis is hitting the ball at people, but you can tell he's on pitches. He's not, he's not an auto out. Um, as long as he's playing good defense, there's no, no way in hell I'm taking him out of the lineup. I'm sorry. He's just, he's just such a difference maker defensively. I want him to be relied upon, and I, 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 I trust him. So, uh, Sunday, you got a, another great, just consistent outing out of Jeff Willis. I mean, all year. He's probably been your most consistent pitcher. Uh, He does it again. And, you know, we had a couple of breaks go our way. But, you know, we put the ball in play all day. We bunted. I think we had, I think Brad said we had seven, six or seven hits, uh, bunt uh, bunt singles on the weekend, which is outrageous. Um, You got to think the team's trending in the right direction. Sometimes it takes, you know, maybe for the schedule to lighten up for people to get some confidence back. I understand that. And I understand that we're not playing Stanford and UCI and Southern Miss right now. Uh, but you have to think that maybe that, that early out-of-conference schedule is really starting to catch up and, and help us in, in these later games. Um, we've got some games coming up that we're going to be favored to win. I know it's baseball. I know things can happen. But you got to look at Georgia State and say, look, that's a peer school. You know, and Now they're a Q2 school. At the time we played them, they're a Q1. So it helps our Q1 resume. It helps our RPI. It does everything that we needed to do. I don't think anybody expected the sweep. But Sunday in particular – you got to be impressed by how the team completed the sweep and then turned the knife. Anybody have comments on that? I was impressed by that.
3: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna chime in and say I liked a couple of things. Um, there were a couple of times where Georgia State may have come back and scored a couple of runs, and then we responded, or we scored a couple of runs to respond, and then we held them to to nothing um, in the in the next half inning. So credit to our our pitchers for getting the job done this weekend, our, our hitting was spectacular. Um, and, and we did have a couple of base running mistakes, but I actually think that it was, it was more on Wells at third, uh, waving guys home when he he maybe shouldn't have. And I think he knew it when, when he sent him. So I was encouraged to see that the mental errors were, were definitely, there was definitely a, um, less mental errors this weekend. They're still there, but again, it's not it's not our players making dumb mistakes. Um, that, that might have been on Wells not not being at third all that much this season. And I mean if you go and sweep a team I'm not going to complain about that. But that's really the only one thing that that I guess I could see that I'd have to complain about. But overall outstanding series. Now I will caution everyone and say we should go in the next two weekends and sweep both of the teams we are playing. But don't get too spoiled because any Friday night pitcher, any I mean, really any weekend pitcher, starting pitcher can pitch the game of his life, and and we could you know win two out of three. Now, if we go in and lose either one of these series, um, then I'll be very disappointed. But we can't expect them to sweep both. I would like them to sweep both, but I'm not also not going to throw my hands up in the air and and just say, well, season's over. We lost. We lost one at state. I think we just need to be prepared for for you know, the possibility of that happening. But overall, very pleased, obviously, with the three-game sweep this weekend. That was huge, and I think that, that sets the tone for the remainder of the season.
1: Jerry, real quick before you go. On Nick's point, we trailed at the end of zero innings this weekend. We trailed at the end of zero innings this weekend on the road. This is a team that hasn't played great on the road to this point. Trailed at the end of zero innings this weekend. I think that's something that needs to be pointed out. The other thing was that you know Nick's right. It's baseball. You can go to you can go to App State. That's a hell of a long road trip. You never know. We always run into travel problems when we go to Boone. That everybody's got a guy. So you can look at a UTA and you can look at out at, at, at an App State and you can say, well, we should win. We should go six and zero against those teams. I never think like that when it comes to baseball.
5: Well,
3: Josh, I think we trailed yesterday. Uh, they went. I think Georgia State went up 2-0 maybe yes. like in the second. End. But that wasn't I at the say.
1: end of the inning. That wasn't at the end of the inning. They well, well you're right. You're, you're you're correct. They scored at the bottom of the inning. We answered at the top of the inning. You're correct. Sorry about that.
3: Well, that that was going to be my next point. Um, you know, games like that where and at times we kind of let it unfold. We responded right away and put put up fourteen unanswered runs.
2: <laughs> I mean that's.
3: I think I think this weekend sort of epitomized uh, what we've been capable of all season long. Um, if, if you listen to the last episode, Nick, you walked me off the ledge because I was petrified. I was petrified of this team. I was petrified of this series. This team had only lost, or Georgia State had only lost, two games at home going into this weekend. And, you know, outside of the Arkansas State series, we really haven't played too well on the road. So just all of the factors going into this weekend made me a little nervous. Um, But yet we responded not only by sweeping, but we responded by kind of playing a certain brand of baseball that we really haven't seen all season and and consistent with it. I think the Friday night game, I think we went down 4-3 to like in the seventh. Earlier in the season, we we probably lose that game. Uh, For the bats to come alive, for Kemp to hit that, go-ahead home run I think in the eighth or ninth and to hold on to win that game was huge um what stuck out to me as well was like we talked about pitching each time Georgia State got on base each time Georgia State had a chance to uh score runs pitching shut them down uh by the way my my, my I tip my hat off to the pitching staff um two pitchers pretty much pitched the entire game and uh, now granted Jeff Wilson got a little bit of a a benefit because we played seven innings and we run ruled them but to still do that to go all the way along with Schultzy, that was huge seven um, strong
1: is still impressive
3: that was huge so and, and especially the way Wilson pitched giving up that two-run lead and and just calming settling down settling in and, and and finishing that game but you're right Josh everybody's starting to hit just about everybody's starting to hit the ball and I think we're starting to get comfortable now at the plate that you know Moving forward, like you said, Nick, with this, these series coming up, they are winnable series, but this is the type of weekend that can allow us to sweep again. This is the type of series that brings confidence into this team. So it's, it's a lot of fun now. It's getting to be a lot of fun again, because of the fact that we're hitting that final stretch and we're hitting, we're hitting success at the right time. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I know D1 base. Oh, I was D1 baseball that came out with a top fifty poll, where I think we're at forty two now.
0: Yeah,
3: um, we're kind of climbing back up into that sense of uh, national relevancy, which is nice to see back where we belong. And we're doing it at a time when you know you need to get hot. You have to get hot this time of year. I mean, last year at this time of season, we were on the decline. Uh, I think this year it's the opposite. So uh, the way the schedule lands, the way that we're playing right now. Uh, I like like I posted yesterday on the Twitter. Buckle up, guys! This could be a lot of fun for the next month, and I'm really really excited to see this team develop even more, and hopefully uh, make a decent run going into the tournament.
1: I want to say that you know Schultz's performance and Jeff's performance back to back, it eliminates the possibility of pitching mismanagement. Uh, some guys that have been struggling or some guys that are not consistent coming in and, you know, giving away free passes and whatnot. I, I can't tell you guys how important I thought it was that we finally settled on a damn rotation and that some folks started to understand what their role was on the, on the staff. I think that was so imperative. I mean, you can go back and look at the numbers as soon as we found out who the Friday Saturday Sunday guy was, things turned for the better. And I think the fact that, you know, Schultz and Jeff can continue to go late in the games, it covers up so many uh what I think is weaknesses in the bullpen. I'm not saying these guys can't pitch. What I'm saying is, is I don't know if they're being utilized properly. So we we avoid all those what ifs when Schultz can go 7 or 8 or 9 and Jeff can go 7 or 8 or 9. I mean, it's it's you got to keep that in mind that's why look i'm excited about georgia state uh, that's, that's a one hell of a weekend that we just played top to bottom offense defense everything pitching you, you got to be excited however we didn't have to use the bullpen very much now on friday the bullpen was very effective you know you got to you got to tip your hat to those guys but i'm just saying overall you didn't have to use 8 9 10 pitchers It just wasn't necessary because of the performances of your starters on Saturday and Sunday. So that's something we got to keep in mind. But the other thing is that, you know, Carson Rockerfort, we never talk about him on this podcast, and it's a shame because he's playing at an All-American level. It's one thing to be productive in a lineup that has five, six, seven hitters. It's another thing to be productive in a lineup where there are two, maybe three consistent hitters. Carson Rockerfort has been an absolute stud even though he's done so much heavy lifting all by himself to this point. Now it looks like Connor's starting to get hot again and he is a streaky hitter. So hopefully it's at the right time and he can maintain this. Uh, And you see Julian, you see Max. like, like Max, we talked about this last week. Max is a guy that's going to get on base. He's going to do whatever it takes. He's not going to hit average and slug. That's just kind of not his role. But, if if we can find some protection for Rock, and I thought it was an interesting move to insert Connor into the the one uh, you know the one spot, it, it looked like it worked. Obviously, so I, I'm sure Degg's is going to continue to roll with that. But I thought it was an interesting move, and I'm interested to see what his thought process is on that. But the fact that the bottom of the lineup is starting to get a clue and starting to hit the ball consistently, you got to protect Carson rockefeller if he has any amount of protection. I mean, this dude, the sky is the limit for this guy. And going into postseason play, for for whatever reason, I just do not understand why coaches continue to pitch to this guy. Uh, in, the, in the postseason, they will not pitch to him if they do not have to. So somebody's going to have to protect Carson. That is something that I'm looking forward, you know, like how are they going to manage that going forward now that, I mean, look, he's done it for most of a season. People know that he is a stalwart in the lineup. That was an interesting kind of change this weekend. And, go again, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how Dex continues to try to keep him up. Ryan, you got something, man. Ryan Landry, RC, a.k.a. Million Dollar Mullet, a.k.a. in Austin, Texas right now.
3: Hey Josh, while we're waiting on him. One thing that uh, Dags mentioned in one of the interviews, I heard him say that he thought this team was one of the toughest, most hard-nosed teams that he's ever coached. And for him to say that with the with the teams that he's he's coached or been an assistant under, that that's a big statement. Um, interesting. I it, I don't know if that's coach speak or if that's that's truth. But um, if it's if it's not Coach Speak, and if that's really what he sees, that that is what I wanted to hear. I think from day one, and that might kind of tie into what you were saying, Jerry. It's it's about to get a lot of fun here. If they keep playing as hard nosed as as he says they are, I I think we're gonna it, we're gonna be it, in it, for a good run. It's got to be true, Nick. I mean, I, I have heard him say it every Monday for the last you know three weeks now. does. This team is just, you know, he said He said the, the two statements that I've heard him say the most about this team is that they're some of the toughest kids that he's ever coached and that they're some of the best finishers he's ever had. And when you compare that, not even just to 2014 when he coached here, but his Sam Houston teams that were all, you know, hard-nosed Texas guys that came to play every single day, that's, that's an impressive statement. So happy to see that.
1: And A&M. Remember, those A&M teams were very, very good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We lost
3: we lost to them a couple times. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> those fans are the worst. Those a- are that. – that is – A&M fan, baseball fans are the epitome of baseball fans that go to uh, – excuse me, football fans who go to baseball games and a- know nothing about the game.
1: A&M baseball fans equal LSU football fans. Sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to offend you. But here's the thing. Uh, I'll tell you a story real quick, Nick. I was paddling around with one of our fundraisers. Uh, this was probably – around the Houston series, maybe right after the Houston series. And uh, we walked into the baseball offices and uh, Tib just so happened to be walking out and we struck up a conversation. We were just hanging out, talking or whatever. And uh, the fundraiser made a comment about 13, 14, and 15 and how those kids played and their mentality and the makeup of that team. And uh, Tib, you know, he wasn't here, but he, he played against those teams and he said, this team has a lot of those kind of kids on it. He said, "We just have some growing up to do." And I, I came away from that conversation thinking, "Was that coach speak? Was that Tib just you know telling a fundraiser something he needs to hear, or does he believe that?" And uh, well, just
3: remember, just remember that fourteen team started in twenty twelve, and if you recall, that twenty twelve team finished the season twenty three and thirty. With a home finale loss to ULM by the score of seventeen to zero, so uh, there was a starting point for that 2014 team. If you would have looked at the end of 2012 and seen the way we finished, you would have thought there's no way uh, that this team would ever be ranked, let alone number one in the country, and they did. So hopefully, this is a we see an upward trajectory of this similar team here because, like I said, you know, there's a lot of players that were on this team last season that you know, if you look at this time of year last year, we were. We were blowing games uh, when it was most important and most crucial in our, in our point in the season, and we're seeing the complete opposite. We're only getting better. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're on the up and up, but I don't want to speak too soon. Still have to take care of business in, in App State this weekend.
1: Well, just to add some levity, okay, we brought in a bunch of JC guys that are playing outside of the bars. We've had a little bit of turnover, so I don't know if I want to say we're building a team. I think maybe we're building a culture, which is very encouraging. But, but I'm glad you said that. It reminded me of something I wanted to say. I have been very critical of Degs. I, I have been harsh on Degs. I still believe what I say is what's going on. I, I'm just telling you what I think. But I will say, there is no question that there's the, the, the desire to win is there. The desire to get it right is obviously there. I think that maybe sometimes it might even be part of the problem where, you know, maybe on the last episode I made a comment about Degg sometimes feels like he's coaching desperately. Maybe that wasn't the fit, the fair way to go about it. Maybe it's more like he wants it so badly. Sometimes it gets in the way of sound decision making. Maybe that's a better way to say it. But I, I I wanted to take this opportunity to say that I thought Degs did not overmanage this weekend. If that makes sense, I was talking to Craig and Jay this morning about it, and you know they were saying you know texting all the stats and whatnot, and I said, look, I think it's very simple. I think that starting pitching was very good and it covered up some problems in the bullpen and I think the bottom of the lineup hit the the baseball. And sometimes baseball is simple. It's just not easy. Right? I think that I think that sometimes we overmanage and we get in our way. And I think that if you watch the last this full season and the year before it, I think that there's plenty of evidence for those things. So hopefully we're on the trend where Deggs doesn't feel like he, he he's up against the wall all the time, and and maybe you know again when we're defining roles, the team kind of has a better idea of what's expected of them. I think that that's always been an issue, since he's gotten here. Not a knock, just the way he does things.
3: Well, I think Josh also you have to look at it in the fact that not only is the team kind of new, they have a lot of new faces. I mean, this is Tibbs' first first season as really the main assistant coach on the field and if you think back to when Deggs was here and, and we talk about how sometimes Deggs is a gambler and he's going to take that risk he, he's looking at, at risk reward I, you got to think that that back in the day broke was kind of you know pulling those him back a little bit and saying yeah I mean you can do it sometimes but hey this, that might be too much we're not going to be as aggressive as, as you want to be in this situation but maybe in this situation, he kind of let him have a, a little more leeway. Uh, you got to think that that at this point, you know, the the coaching staff itself, Tibb has probably got his ear a little more than maybe he had at the beginning of the season because there's going to be a little bit more cohesiveness as the season goes on. So maybe that's what we're seeing there. Because again, as we've gone, we still have that aggressiveness, but I'm not seeing the the I, God, I I don't know what word to use that's not going to come off as, as the wrong word, but you're you're seeming to be a little bit smarter in their aggressiveness as they go and not be quite as as just all over the place and and we're compulsive. we're scratching our heads. He's compulsive. not being as compulsive. Word. Word. Thank you. So maybe maybe the they're they're bringing the reins in a little bit um, because I think he needs that. I think he needs somebody on on the coaching staff to maybe look at a situation where. Deggs wants to send a guy maybe say, well, maybe not this pitch. How about we wait? How about we feel it out? How about we see, you know, what's going to develop? So I don't know. Maybe that's just a thought of mine, but I've seen the coaching staff mature a little bit as the season has gone. So um, that's encouraging.
1: It's a great point. And if you look at the batting stat, nobody watches. I think that because of saber metrics and all the different analytical stats and everything, batting average is almost, I mean, it's a dinosaur at this point, but if, if, If you're doing it old school and you look at the team batting average, we've raised it like almost 20 points in the last couple of weeks. And in my view, or at least it feels like, since that batting average as a team has started to rise, the risks we've taken have gone down. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's kind of how it feels. It felt like that this weekend, for sure. Uh, Let me take this opportunity again to tell everybody who's in the space, please request to speak. We do this for you guys. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Jerry and and me and Nick and Matt, we talk to each other all the time. So, by all means, please speak. Ryan, give you another shot. 2.0. All you got to do is reach down there on that little mic button, press it, and then speak. Going once. And a two. Moving on. All right, if anybody has any other topic they want to bring up, uh, like, for example, we did... The interview with Jackie Russo for the Ultra program, uh, I thought she gave some good some good answers. Did you guys have any questions? Uh, did you feel like we missed a boat on a few questions for her? On you know from a, from an interview standpoint, is there something that you learned from the interview that you didn't previously know? There were a few things that I did personally. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about that because uh, if we ever get an opportunity to speak to her again, and it sounded like at the end of that interview she would like to kind of be a regular. So. If we get the opportunity, we'd love to have your questions on tap to be able to ask them. So please speak up and, uh, and, and you know, add to the questions. I mean, obviously, again, we do this for you guys. You listen. We're just trying to provide the content you want to hear. Uh, Jerry, any any parting shots on Georgia State, and then I'll move on to uh, what we're going to see next weekend.
3: Not really. I, outside of the fact that that was probably the best weekend of baseball I think I've seen us play and. In- Probably four four years. That I'll say that now it's time to move forward and look forward to App State. Um, I thought that again, everything that we showed this weekend has been pretty much what we what we were capable of all along. Um, you know, it's one thing to go on the road to a place like Arkansas State and sweep. Which, by the way, Arkansas State—it's <laughs> amazing how baseball works, right? Uh, especially in this conference. Arkansas State's a two out of three from Troy, a team that swept us earlier in the season. So uh, baseball works in funny ways, but um, I'm glad we're clicking now rather than (laughs) when we played Troy and and we're no longer on the decline. But um, to go on the road in Atlanta and and sweep them, it's, uh, again, it's brought us back to a sense of national relevancy. I mean, even Kendall Rogers gave us a shout-out on Twitter yesterday. So – just got to keep it going. Don't blow this opportunity. Just keep it going, and, and, and again, it's going to be a lot of fun if we if we continue to capitalize.
1: Nick, do you feel yeah. vindicated? Uh, because you, you definitely had that, that feeling that Georgia State wasn't all that, and uh, <laughs> you were proven right, man.
3: Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back as we speak right now. Um, no, man. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I wasn't sold on them after they got swept by Georgia Southern. Look, we if you think back to the South Owl series, I think the Troy series really left such a bad taste in all of our mouths that if you think back, I was worried that we would go 0-6 at that point because we looked so bad and we didn't compete whatsoever at Troy. And then we started putting together series wins. And I thought that Georgia Southern series is really the one that told me there is nobody on my schedule, on our schedule this season for the remainder of the regular season that I think we can't win a series against. Uh, because that really showed me what I needed to see. Because, again, we should have swept Georgia Southern.
1: That's right. Um,
3: and how would, how would that look on our resume? So I really look back to that series as the one that that kind of predicts what I think will happen through the end of the regular season. And I tell you what, if you win every single weekend series except for the one against Troy, you put yourself in a prime position to to make a regional. As long as you don't poop the bed in the tournament and go oh, oh, and 2 I think you, you put yourself in a really good position and also put yourself in a really good position seedings-wise for the tournament. So um, I, I'm, I'm hoping we get uh, series wins next two weekends. That Texas State series, though, that's going to be one for the ages. I can't wait. Well, to add to that real quickly, Nick, and we'll move on, but you took two out of three against UC Irvine, who was ranked 14th at the time. You took two out of three against Houston, a team that I thought we should have swept, and they're, they're playing pretty well right now. You took two out of three against um, South Al, a team that swept us last year. You took two out of three against Georgia Southern, who is in the, now in the top 25. You really should have taken two out of three against Southern Miss, who is now ranked in the top five nationally, I mean they might become a, they might be able to be a national seed. So oh, they're gonna host even even in spite of the, the record, you know, look, we're twenty three and sixteen, but even in spite of some of the losses, right, there're a lot of losses you want we want back, right? You want the Georgia Southern game back. You want I want the Nichols game back. I want this that Friday ULM game back. Oh just add a bag, they'll tell you. Oh yeah. I mean in spite but in spite of that, in spite of losing some of those games you look at the overall picture and you look at the way we've actually competed in most of the weekend series, that looks pretty good on the resume. I mean, look, believe it or not, we may become a victim of our success from this past weekend, because the fact that we swept Georgia state there, we no long, we, we, that's three quad one wins that are now quad two wins because we've dropped their RPI. Um, so, I, I, you no, know, to your point, Nick, you know, you talk about the capability of of who we are and where we are. But if you look at the schedule and and as long as we keep doing what we're doing and and keep clicking like we're clicking in spite of playing teams that may not be ranked as high in conference, if you keep winning and you rack up those wins, the rest is going to take care of itself. You know, it's like in the RPI. If Southern Miss keeps winning, you know, if teams and I dare me to say it, but a school like tech, they keep winning. You know, we go to, we got two midweek games at Rice. You take two out of two against them. Um, Georgia Southern keeps winning. That is only going to help us by default. So, in spite of some of these games we've kind of let go of, um, it it also balances out with some of the wins we do have. But it just goes to show you that you know we're a lot better than what we have shown at times. So,
1: Jerry, is yeah, rice I, is rice at the Teague. What's you, that? Do you know if Rice is at the Teague? I don't remember.
3: No, it, it's, from from the road. it's it's in Houston. It's going to be. I think it's a Tuesday and Wednesday night game in Houston.
1: Good because that's an RPI killer. They are terrible.
3: Well, yes, but you know, just
2: you just got to rack up the wins. Just rack them
3: up. No, oh, you
1: got to win. You got to. Austin, what you got, bud?
2: Well, Rice is terrible, and also so is you know UTA, and uh, I think we have to play Little Rock at home as well. And you know, I just don't want to create any unrealistic expectations for the rest of the season. Cause like you guys said, I mean, you know, even though we're playing really good, like we're not, we're probably not going to go 12 and zero. like it's just, it's just probably not going to happen. We're going to drop some games here and there. And you know, those series against UTA and little rock at home, those are the kind of series with how bad their RPI is. You really have to win all three games just to stay put. And like, right. We're on we the RPI right now. We're kind of, were we like 42, 44,
1: 44 today.
2: I mean, that's kind of on the, I mean, I, I, there's no, there's really no cutoff, you know, for it it's, it's different every year, but we're kind of still on the outside looking in right now. And I just don't know, unless we win every single game, almost, I don't know how much more we'll be able to move up. I think for right now, I think the best thing is just to try and possibly get the best seating to get in that top two spots. So you get that buy for the conference tournament. I think right now that's, that's the best possibility and just try and get as deep in the tournament and, and win as you can. Um, which, if we keep playing like we did this weekend, it's uh, definitely a possibility. I mean, we did everything that we need to. We only made, I mean, they had a they had an error that they charged on CJ late in that last game that really wasn't an error. But besides that, we only made one error. A pitcher, field, uh, Jeff Wilson, filled in the bunt. We didn't really walk any guys, which is normally the problem with our bullpen, and we didn't really get to the bullpen, so I'm not entirely convinced that that's a solved issue. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're protecting uh, the, the lineup, switching around. We're protecting Rockmore. Uh, Hood's hitting the ball. Uh, CJ was hitting the ball a little. We're just getting more contribution. It's not just a few guys trying to do all of it. Um, but, I don't know. For me, that would be the goal is just to, to get better seating for the the tournament.
1: I think you're right. I think that's smart. I think that even though this weekend happened the way it did, I still think, like you said, we're on the, we're a bubble team, regardless of if we go 12 and 0 or 11 and 1, 10 and 2. I think that you're, I mean, honestly, if you just look at the numbers, Texas state, and you got to hope that they continue to win, but Texas state is your last real opportunity to move up. And I don't, I don't know where they're going to be. I mean, they've, they've fallen in the RPI. I think they're, somewhere in the 30s at this point uh, which is still a, it's a boost but it's not a ton you know what I mean I, I I think that you have to you have to aim at winning winning the tournament I think that's the only way to postseason play uh, that that's me I know we I know people are excited because we we swept on the road and you know we're winning and, and I understand all that but I think that if you just look at the RPI and you look at the numbers um, unless our opponent's opponents go on an absolute tear, I, I just don't, I, I don't see it at large in our future. Uh, Mr. Andy well, Thomas, what do you have, sir? Uh,
0: well, you guys pretty much answered my two questions for me. <laughs> I was just curious to see where we kind of stood in terms of the bubble. Maybe potentially, you know, say we make it to the conference tournament final against Texas State and maybe have a really close loss by one or two runs. Do you think we potentially get in that way? as long as, you know, if we hold as as is, maybe it's like a two seed, or, or maybe clinch the one seed somehow. But I just was curious there. And is the tournament, is it double elimination again? Did they go back to that? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, we're going back to the old way. Uh, just the way that we eliminated divisions, we're going back to the old double elimination tournament. <laughs> I know we did pool play last year, which was goofy for me, but um, I do like it being in Montgomery. I... I plan on going this year. I was sad that I missed it last year, but I can tell you this, man. I I just one man's opinion. I I do not – there are too many RPI killers on the schedule for us to still make our way as an at-large. I I think that, like, literally the only opportunity you have is to win all the games you're supposed to win and then go to Texas State on the road and sweep. And then that's that's considering or or assuming that Texas State is going to be still playing really good baseball – up until that weekend. They still have a couple of tough series on the road coming up. So I, I just don't think that uh, – I, I don't think the path forward isn't at large. I think you got to win the tournament. Or, or at least win everything up to the tournament, and if you make a championship run, then maybe if you lose in the championship game. Uh, but still, hmm. you're going to be at the mercy of the committee, and I never want to be there.
0: Does, I mean, do we see the Sun Belt this year likely just being a one-bid league, or is it possibly – Georgia Southern, if they hold on, I think they're still at the two spot.
1: Oh no, Texas State. As long as they continue playing about how they've been playing, they'll make the league or they'll make the tournament as a either at large or as a conference champion. Georgia Southern is your number, I think, at this point, number three RPI baseball team. There's no way yeah. they're not getting in the tournament. So I think that you're looking at at least a two bid league, and if the Cajuns can somehow miraculously win the tournament. Somebody's going to have to make a tough decision over there because you could potentially be looking at three Sunbelt teams in the field.
0: Yeah, that was my thought, especially considering, I think, are we still, like, we're, what, the fifth-best baseball conference right now? I haven't checked it
1: this week, but the last week we were number five, yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm going to be a little more
3: optimistic, and maybe this is just um, me being a little out there. I think we have a little better – I don't think we have to sweep every series and then get to the finals, I think that we have a little bit of room just because if we pad our our record a little bit and and win every – now, again, we'll have to win every series. We have to win every midweek game that we have going forward and then win a couple games in the tournament. I think that would set us up to possibly sneaking in um, as as a second or third team, um, but it, it's a long – I, I think we, we missed our chance earlier in the season, so we're playing catch up now. Uh, but there is an outside chance of, of us doing that. It's just not not gonna be easy if, if we do manage to do it. So it take care of hey, just take care of business, with the tournament, then we're not even having
5: this conversation.
1: Yeah, I agree also, that I, I agree that it's an outside chance. Uh Jerry, before you go, I just wanted to let Andrew say his comment. He's been waiting for a while. Go ahead, Drew. Andrew Richard, go ahead, bud.
0: There we go.
5: Sorry about that. Uh, this is a little off topic for Cajuns baseball, but just baseball in general. I don't know if y'all saw Dallas Baptist got into Kusa or is going to get into Kusa. I was wondering if y'all thought like that was kind of a a lifeline for Kusa, or if you think it's like uh, still like too little, too late.
1: Are they getting in? It's an affiliate school, or is it going to be football, baseball, basketball, or what, what, is it a full membership? What is it?
5: It seemed like when Kendall Rogers tweeted about it that it would just be, just be baseball.
1: That's very interesting, Jerry. Did you know about that?
3: I knew about it. Yeah, they announced it uh, middle of last week, I believe. Um, kind of a quick move, but I mean, for CUSA's sake, they need all the help they can get. I think that was actually a really big get for them. Oh yeah, um,
1: DBU's been a solid program for a long time.
3: No question, but I mean, that's really that's really the only benefit for. It's used to adding them as baseball. I mean, everything else. I mean, they obviously don't play football, and I really don't really. I mean, do they play? I'm sure they really. I don't know if they do much in basketball either. But um, it's used for them for baseball, especially losing Southern Miss, losing Old Dominion, and then losing Marshall. Uh, even though Marshall's not quite up to par with the other two, but still, um, you know, adding adding them is going to be it's going to compensate for their for their loss of the other three schools. A little. I mean, it, it, yeah, it gives them a, a little bit of a a bump, but the three schools, um, I don't know. I mean, congratulations in baseball, but everything else is still the CUSA going forward, so good luck with that.
1: Yeah, and let's be honest. As much as we love baseball, on the national scene, baseball doesn't yet move the needle. It's football and basketball, so CUSA is still CDOA. <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Uh, but look, you, you got to give them some credit. I mean, you got Tech and KUSA. Um, Rice was historically a very good team, but they're obviously putrid now. Um, Western Kentucky has, had originally, or had a, historically had a pretty decent program, but it's unbelievable how they've fallen off over the last five, six years. That's terrible for them. Um, I'm not going to cry any tears for KUSA. Uh, but, you know, They've got a de- couple of decent programs in the league. FAU had a nice run for a while. Uh, UAB was was okay for a while right there in the back half of the 2008 eight nine ten season, somewhere in there. So, I don't know. Uh, I, cry me a river. I hate Coostas, so whatever. Uh, you know,
3: thinking back, when when we had FIU, we had Middle Tennessee. I think it was DeJuan Brazelton was pitching for them. Western Kentucky. Man, they had some great baseball. Uh, programs back when they were Sunbelt schools. Oh, Sunbelt was that great they, for
1: a long time. Yeah,
3: and then they go to Conference USA, and they they are what they are now. So that's interesting to see how they moved to the, the better conference, and none of them really moved the needle in any sport. Um, I guess Western in football a little bit in basketball, but the others really haven't done much since they've, they've made the move. So it's just interesting to see
1: that. I think when they made the move and they realized what they were in for, Uh, They just dumped a ton of money into football and said, you will say a couple prayers and say, please help us.
3: Yeah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know the good news, though? Like, now DBU is in there. There's more more people that can go to the gas station and watch them play their baseball
4: games.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anybody want to mention the Ultra interview or Softball? Uh, I know Softball lost to App State, which was like, I don't know. That was tough to swallow. That that's not expected. But uh, they before yeah. that what? they were on a nine-game winning streak and looking very good. That thing came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say, what's uh, is it? Just are they young this year? I haven't kept up with with them as much as they normally have. Yeah, yeah they. I'll, they let, have. I'll
1: let JMV cover softball. He's uh he's very in tune to the program. And yes, they they are young and they've got a lot of new players getting a ton of. Playing time, I think, Jerry, something like six or seven freshmen yeah, have they got, played a, I a ton of see. pitches.
3: There's like five starters, I believe, that are freshmen in and out of the roster. But I did want to say, too, they basically took a cross-country tour in the past seven days. So, I, look, that game they dropped to App State, I'm just going to call that travel fatigue. But the way they responded on on Saturday and Sunday was was huge. Um, you know, look, you go to you go to South Valley, you sweep them, then you go up towards, uh, what is it, Indiana and Illinois. You take care of business. You go, what, two for two against Big Ten competition. You go to St. Louis. You basically run rule them to, to smithereens. Then you go all the way from uh, the mid, uh, the upper Midwest to, to North Carolina and, and take two out of three uh, against uh, a conference post. So, yeah, is it disappointing we lost that one game to App State? Of course, but I'm not going to let that overshadow the fact that we did a cross-country tour and, and won the majority of those games. So uh, it, it's good to see that uh, they, they, they survived that week. And, um, look, they're a team that's learning on the fly. They are. They're learning, too. So uh, they're on the up and up. I, I, I'm looking forward. I, believe it or not, look, I want to see this team finish strong this year, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team's going to do next year and the year after with this young, this young roster. Uh, they're starting to hit the ball. They're starting to – they're pitching pretty well for the most part. It's going to be – the softball is going to be a lot of fun to watch in the next year or two after this.
1: JMV, you want to make any comments about softball to our friend
5: here? No, Jerry pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, We do have about five
2: freshman starters, and you could say six when Sam Landry pitches. Uh, I'm kind of like Jerry. I think we lost that game just for fatigue, but Jerry wanted to bring the kids on the road to uh, toughen them up because, I mean, if we want to make it to the World Series this year, next year, any year, I mean, we're going to have to go on the road at some point or another. But uh, the thing that people don't understand about this team is I think we're like 34 and 11. Not only are we competing with these freshmen, but we're winning. So that's that's pretty impressive.
1: Agree. Austin, what you got, man?
2: No, the, the the important thing to know with this team is that the way they played over the past few weeks has put themselves in a position where they still control their destiny to win the regular season title if they win out. Um, and they've also uh, done well enough against good competition to where that, and at large, really isn't at risk as much as it was early in the season when we lost all those games to superior competition. And... With how many freshmen they have, I think we're hitting something ridiculous, like well over three hundred as a team. We're top five or ten in the country in batting average. We don't have Number the power. Team. We don't have the power that we normally do. Um, that people are used to seeing from Raging Cajun softball, but they they're on the base paths all the time. I think maybe <laughs> sometimes they get a little bit too aggressive with the base running mistakes, but they're young and they're just playing aggressive, kind of like the baseball team does sometimes and. It gets them into trouble, but it's uh, better than playing on their heels. Yeah, we're actually number two in the nation in hitting batting average. I think we're 362 as a team. We do lead the country in steals. I think our team ERA is right around 220.
1: That's not bad for a young team, Jay. Well,
2: we- No, very very competitive, just a little bit different than what people might be used to seeing as far as like all the home runs and stuff like that.
1: The comment I'll make about softball is that, you know, people that people forget that we made a gigantic transition from low to Glasgow and we never had a big dip. We still went to regionals. We still won regionals. We still participated in the postseason, won conference championships. The series uh, winning streak uh, has extended into like, I think, 71 or 72. I think that finally you're seeing the results of a program in transition and Glasgow's recruiting classes – coming in and him having to field his team and all those things. There's so much involved in all that. And even though it's three or four years removed, I think that this is what we're seeing. And at some point, we we're going to have to turn the program over. So I think if, if you know, and it's a lot easier for people that kind of watch from the periphery to have a little bit more of a level-headed opinion. But I understand that people that are very much involved with softball have an expectation, and that's great. We should all have expectations in our programs. Uh, I just think that that's, that's part of the story that we should tell. Uh, one thing I'll say, look, we keep, we've we kept, yep, kept you guys for one hour and 20 minutes. We'll go up another 10 minutes. Um, the last question that I'll ask, and if you guys have anything else, please, you know, it's fine to, to add to it. But uh, my question is a topic that we talked about on our last episode, and it was about the streaming of the games at home and our, you know, desire to be at the top of the Sun Belt and everything that we do. And, obviously, we've kind of fallen behind in the streaming, uh, you know, helping our, our fans watch the games and be, you know, exposed across the country and all the other things. I'm curious as to what you guys think about uh, our radio guy, Jay Walker, arguing with fans on Raging Paging about why or why we shouldn't have the games streamed. And there's one particular poster that is upset that, you know, we haven't kind of committed to that and given it to our fans and Jay basically told him to get over it, and the past is the past, and now it's time to move on. It is time to move on. We should totally ignore the debacle that was the streaming problems that our, our program had. I, I'm, I'm very curious to, to people that listen to the pod uh, that are diehards like us that maybe can't always make it to the park, uh, what is your guys' opinion on, number one, not being able to watch your games, and number two people that are connected to the program saying basically get the hell over it.
3: Yeah, Josh, I'll kick kick off the conversation by saying, one, for anybody who knows me, I love Jay. He is like one of my greatest friends. I've known him for God knows how long growing up at at the Teague. Um, and, And Jay can be very opinionated. And I respect a lot of his opinions a lot of the time. Um, and he will stand steadfast in those opinions. And I respect that as someone who is, who is that committed to what they think. That being said, I don't agree with him on this one because I compare or I look at, at our program as one of the top baseball programs in the country, period. End of story. And I'm not comparing them. To um, to other schools, I'm comparing other schools to us, and so when I see other schools that that have this available to their fans, it's disappointing when we don't. And I don't fault anyone for having that opinion. Um, and i I struggle to find any fans who will not have the same opinion as we do on this. This is one that I think. Populism rules. I think most people are going to say, yeah, we should have every game stream. Um, there's really no drawback. Again, you can say, oh, well, it's going to hurt attendance. We will never. now, we may sell enough tickets to sell out the team every single game. But I tell you, as I said on the last pod, it's not going to be sold out every game. The people who are going to the game are going regardless if it's streaming or not. So there's really no drawback. In fact, there's more of a drawback, in my opinion, in not having recruits and their parents and, and players' parents and people like me who live outside of the city seeing the games than there is just saying, oh, well, just listen to a baseball broadcast. I, I just I don't agree with that. And, um, you know, again, the man's entitled to his opinion. I, I respect his opinion. I'm just going to say, no, I don't agree I agree with his on this one. Let me just add, um, as someone who, look, I consider myself a diehard like the rest of you in here, uh, but for me, and look, I I try to make every baseball game that I can, but this year has been a lot more difficult because the birth of my daughter, she was born in January, so obviously I have much more important things to tend to, so I can't go to every game. Um, But that's where I think the streaming helps for people like me to where, you know, in spite of not being able to go to the games, I can still watch it at home while tending. To my daughter, right as a new parent, uh, there's other people in my boat uh, as well as those who don't live in Lafayette, who live, you know, whether it's in New Orleans or Houston or like you, Nick, or Baton Rouge or somewhere in Florida or somewhere in Oklahoma or anywhere. And so, a lot of people, a lot of you, are going to want to have access to watch the cages. You know, you can't just order a plane ticket and fly into Lafayette and anytime you want it, your convenience to go to the Teague. Um, so. To me, I don't think it's an issue if we paid maybe a little bit more money to accumulate enough cost to cover streaming. Um, because I think there are instances where there are certain games that are very important to be streamed. A uh, prime example, and I said it last week on the episode that we aired um, on Friday about the Southern Miss game, uh, there's no reason why that game was not that couldn't have been streamed. Another thing I wanted to bring up too was exposure. It's all about exposure. You may have somebody that has no ties to the university, no ties to Rage and Case and athletics, who may start watching Cajun sports and fall in love with it through streaming. Um, that actually happened, believe it or not. One of my good friends, who, who is a frequent listener, um, met him in school here at UL. And the reason why he attended UL was because as a kid, he remembers the 2000 Omaha team. And remembering, you know, well, I want to go to a school like that. That's what attracted them to UL because of what we did in Omaha in 2000. That's what exposure does for your school. That's why streaming is very important. I don't think it'll be a problem if you ask fans to chip in a little bit more money, um, whether it's through season tickets or donations, to be able to compensate or afford the cost to stream games. So I think the exposure is very important the idea that we just ignore this and just say, oh well, uh, I don't think that's the right approach. I think we have to do whatever we can to expose the brand name out there. And the best way to do it now is through streaming. So yes, it's a little bit more cost-worthy, but I think there are places we could find the money, whether it's giving a little bit more or, you know, having certain initiatives to allow to compensate for that. So yeah, streaming is very important. If you want to expand your brand, if you want to ex- expose your brand, you have to stream games. You just have to. So, Josh, where was the announcement made that they would they would stream the rest of the season?
1: I don't know. I've just been seeing that all over the place, uh, okay, s- social, uh, page and things like that. But uh,
3: okay, well, but, hey, if that's the case, I just want to say, you know, props to the athletics department for listening, Dr. Maggard. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's take you know, full credit. <laughs> no, but I'll just say, I mean, it, even if it's not us, just anybody, you know, just. Obviously, there were rumblings of this um, before we brought it up. But, yeah, I mean, at least they've they've listened. They heard the feedback. So, if this is the case um, and it's official, that's what they're doing. You know, props to them because he could be like the App State guy and just be like, well, we did our minimum. Peace out.
1: I I agree with that. I agree with that. I want to give a shout out, yeah. I want to say just at the bare minimum, right? We've got 400 student athletes. Each one of those athletes has two parents you're at 800 people. If half of those people have one sibling, you're at 1,000 people, okay? At minimum, you're allowing 1,000 people to watch their family members play sports. I mean, that's a cool experience, man. I remember watching my cousins on TV when I was a kid play baseball and football, and I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. It made me want to play sports, and if you know if I would have been any good I would have been an asset to a college program you know what i mean so who knows the recruiting ramifications that that has impl- implications that it has at at minimum you're keeping talent in the family at maximum you are you're, you're spreading your brand everywhere and and maybe some kid in you know south texas where where degs really enjoys to recruit maybe some some kid in south mississippi where a lot of our football uh coaching staff comes from maybe those kids are flipping through the channels one night and they see on a stream our football team or our baseball team or our basketball team. You never know who sees those things. I can tell you just looking at our analytics from just the little things that we do on the pod, it blows your mind the amount of people that see what you do. And I can't I can't imagine how much more, you know, how much more magnified that is on TV. So I just wanted to make that point because You cannot quantify the amount of impact that it actually has.
3: Yeah, and to add on to that, Josh, just flying my UL flag outside that says Reggie Gage, I can't tell you how many of my neighbors will stop by while I'm outside and go, hey, I I saw your your flag was up. I caught your team on the screen this weekend. You know, I mean, just casual fans here like catching our games just because I flew a flag outside. They wouldn't have that opportunity otherwise. So you're absolutely right.
1: And the more you think about it, the more it really kind of bothers you that we had to bitch and complain to get any... And, and and I'm obviously, we're taking some credit for bitching, and I'm not just talking about Rage and Review. I'm talking about fans as a whole. We had a pretty good backlash uh, because we couldn't watch our stream, right? But it shouldn't take that. We Again, going back to the messaging, how long have we been talking about it? We suck at messaging here. There should have been communication with the fans. There should have been some sort of an idea that we weren't going to be able to see you know, I don't remember how many home games that we've been able to miss on the stream, but it's too many, and it should have been communicated. Uh, that, that I'll I'll die on that hill.
3: Yeah, I agree, but I'll also say there are so many years where we moaned and complained, and they did nothing. So I'm just happy to see some progress.
1: It's a good point, Nick. You're right about that. At least somebody's listening. That's that's a good point. All right, good deal, guys. Look, it's been another fun. Raging Roundtable, as we like to call them now. Thank you guys for coming and participating, and you know, continuing to be part of the the diehard fan base that we really need in this this community really deserves. So, uh, I'm sorry that we have a turncoat amongst us. I'm sorry that Matt's gone over to the evil dark side.
0: I was gonna add to that. Did <laughs> he leave early? I saw he was in the in the space earlier. Did he leave early because he had to take the road trip back home to Baton Rouge now, or? <laughs>
1: Look, I gotta be honest. I have been like, I know that it's kind of a bit at this point, right? But I have been laughing about this entirely too hard for 48 hours, <laughs> and I hope that he can roll with the punches because it's just too funny. But uh, in all seriousness, and I, I think the majority of our listeners know this. Uh, Nick is about as hardcore as it gets. Jerry's about as hardcore as it gets, and you guys know me. I'm, I'll fight an LSU fan for fun. So. uh <laughs> Don't worry about us. Rage and Review is going to continue to do what we do. Uh, We we enjoy what we do. We put a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, Never in a million years would you guys ever have to worry about at least the three of us selling out. It's just not going to happen. It's not in the cards. So thanks for coming to the space. Appreciate everybody participating. Uh, We will do our best to make this happen next week. Uh, But look out for our next episode in the middle of the week, probably maybe Thursday. Uh, look out for the episode to drop. Y'all have a good night.